I'd like to start a topic and a series on the rapture. Um, I know that that is a very debated topic. Uh, when you get into Bible prophecy, nearly everything is highly debated. Um, so I want to start this to- this um, series off first by saying, though it is true there is disagreement, we ought to be able to disagree agreeably. We should not uh, get angry with each other, though at times the discussion may become heated and passioned, which is perfectly fine. You ought to be passionate about what you believe. You ought to be convinced about what you believe. You ought to know what you believe and why you believe it, especially on this topic. Um, but we ought not divide brother and sister over this in Christ. We ought to be able to disagree, um, maybe even passionately disagree, but still understand that does not affect my salvation. It does not affect my salvation if I believe pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, partial rapture, that I'm saved by faith in Christ. Um, salvation is by faith through is through mm, salvation is by grace through faith. Eventually, I don't get my words coming out right. Um, so that is not a point of salvation. Now, do I believe that it could affect how I live my Christian life? Yes, I can see how someone could make that argument. But to say that because I believe post-trib, well, I'm not saved, or because I believe mid-trib, or pre-wrath, or pre-trib, or partial rapture, to say that because I hold one of those stances, I cannot worship with that person, I'm going to, I can't go to church with someone who believes like that, that that's, that's a little bit childish. We ought to be able to, um, believe, we ought to be able to know when things are a primary doctrine, a central doctrine, one that uh, deals with the deity of Christ, the the gospel, the the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the, the centralized things that we must know in order to be saved. And then the peripheral, which would be things that deal with salvation, maybe the outworkings of salvation, um, that are very important. I don't want to come across them saying they're not important. They are important, but they're not how to be saved. They are not um, who Christ is. We ought to have grace on some of those. That's not to say we just let everything go and we're squishy on it. I'm not much on squishy doctrine and squishy theology. I don't like that. I like for people to know what they believe. I like for them to know why they believe it. I want them to be able to defend what they believe. Um, but I also understand that someone does not have to agree 100% with me. That That's not required. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, find Luke Beats, see what he believes, you do the same. No. Now, I believe I'm right in everything I believe. <laughs> that sounded really arrogant, didn't it? But if I, you do too. If you didn't think you were right in what you believed, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, you would change. If you thought you were wrong in something, you would change what you believed about that so you could be right. That's not an arrogant statement. That's just saying, you know, I believe that what I believe is based on the Bible. So unless I'm reading and I see that it's wrong, I'm going to hold on to it. And that's how we ought to be. We ought to be convinced about what we believe. It ought to be based on Scripture. If you can't base it on Scripture, run from that belief. 
um, run from that doctrine. But before we go too far into this, I do want to say I'd like to start our series off. We're going to talk about the pre-trib rapture, the post-trib rapture, the mid-trib rapture, the pre-wrath rapture, and the partial rapture. I don't know in the exact order yet. I want to do a brief overview on them today, uh, maybe introduce our topic, and then we'll go from there. But before we go too much further, uh, this is Wake the Bride podcast. I am Luke Beats. Um, it is my goal to help stir and wake a sleeping church by looking at Bible prophecy, current events, and apologetics. It is my goal that that when we went through these episodes, that we could understand, as Paul said in Romans 13, and that knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. As I said, it is my goal to help stir a sleeping church. It's my goal to help us see how close we are, how we need to be paying attention to see where we are in time, where we are in biblical prophetic time with the goal of helping of helping us see that it's closer to the end than maybe what a lot of us think or maybe than what a lot of people think that we are coming down. I would say we're coming right down to the end. Um, and it's my goal, not just so we can say, Hey, I know, I know, I know more about Bible prophecy. No, it is my goal that we could be, that we could see the world as Jesus did when he said in John four thirty five, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. There are people that need to be saved. There are people that need to hear the gospel. And it is our duty as Christians to wake up, to see the lateness of the hour, and to go out and win the lost. And understanding Bible prophecy ought to do that. Understanding where we are in Bible prophecy ought to put fire in our bones. It ought to put fire in our spirit, saying we are close and we want to reach out to a lost world. Whether you believe pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, partial rapture, post-trib, no matter which stance you take, knowing the lateness of the hour ought to charge charge your battery, so to speak. It ought to jumpstart your battery to where you say, I want people to be ready for what is coming. Um, if you believe pre-trib, then and just in the classical sense, then you would say that all Christians go in the rapture. It should stir you to say, I want to see people saved so they do not go through the tribulation. I want them to be ready for what is coming. I want them to be able to escape this. Now, if you're mid-trib, then you would uh, want people to escape that at least half of the tribulation. Um, I will admit that mid-trib was probably my weakest stance. I, I'm not really... I'm working on that one. I'm not going to start with a mid-trib position on the rapture. Uh, if you know some good um, resources and you'd like to send them to me, I am very open to that. I'm not saying open to change my belief. Now, if I can see in the Bible that I'm wrong, I'm open to change my belief. But so that I can have a better understanding of it, 
I'm very open to people giving me maybe some pointers or pointing me in the right direction. Say, hey, uh, read this article, maybe watch this a video on YouTube, listen to this uh, a teacher explain it on any of the positions, whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-RAF, um, post-trib, partial, any of it. I am more than happy uh, to get it because it is my goal to to not uh, build straw men. It's not my goal to belittle someone's belief. I do want to give an accurate representation of what the different stances are, and I feel like I will I'll be taking time to study, uh, to look things over, uh, to try and find the best teachings on each of the positions so that I can give an accurate description of them. Uh, it's important to me not to just uh, build a straw man and then knock it down. Anyone can do that. That's not helpful. I want to give a good overview and explanation of each view. Um, I will give a critique of each view. I will say why I do or do not believe in whichever view we're dealing with at that moment. And it may come across a little different uh, than maybe what you're used to. Uh, whenever I get into these different views. Um, but that's okay. I want to notice just real quick, though, maybe a little bit about each one. Uh, starting and I, and I probably will start with, I'm going to start in this overview with pre-trib, but I'm really not sure which position I'm going to start with when I get into each view, and I'm dedicating a show, uh, an episode to each one. Um, but I will start with a pre-tribulational view in this overview. The pre-trib view would be the view of the rapture, which would say, that there is coming a time, no one knows when, the Bible says it's a day that uh, no man knows, um, in which at some point there will be a trumpet sound. And you will find this in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 is going to be the general place they're going to go to, um, where it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, uh, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Um, and uh, pre-tribulationers would point to the point to that scripture among many others. But I'm not going to get into all the scriptures this morning. Just want to give a brief overview of each view, um, and they would point to the fact or to the belief that the day comes prior to the seven-year tribulation that there will be a catching away. Christ will come back, not all the way to the earth. He will come in the clouds. He will call for his Christians, for the church, to for the entirety of the church, all saved, uh, everyone that is saved, that they will in an instant be changed and caught up to meet the Lord in the air. They will go back to heaven with Christ. They will spend seven years in uh, with Christ in heaven, celebrating, um, enjoying the presence of the Lord while on earth, there is a seven-year tribulation, a time of horror unlike anything else, uh, such a horrific time that Jesus said that there's never been a time like it before or since, um, and that if he did not shorten the days, if those days were not shortened, then no flesh would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, he would shorten those days. So the preacher of rapture says, before the tribulation, there will be a catching away. This catching away will be accompanied by a trumpet sound, the voice of the archangel, 
the dead in Christ rise first. All those who throughout the past have died as Christians, they will be caught up. There is some uh, disagreement. Some would say that even those who died in Old Testament times will be caught up. Others, uh, probably the more common view, um, the more, probably the more common view you would find writing, writ, writing on. Well, I'm not saying my words good this morning at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, when you look at books about the pre-tribulation rapture, it is probably more common to see uh, that distinction made that it is for the church only. Uh, definitely from a dispensational view. It's only for the church. Uh, the Old Testament saints are not caught up at that point. That happens at a different time. But the church is caught up as the bride of Christ and is spared and exempted from the tribulation. Uh, next, you have a partial, or uh, not partial, pre-wrath. I'm excited about the partial rapture. I believe partial rapture, but anyway. Um, next, you have uh, pre-wrath rapture. The pre-wrath view would say that Christians will face the Antichrist. They will go to some point after the middle of the tribulation. Sometimes people say it's a. It's been accused of being a three-fourths uh, rapture, um, tribulation rapture. That's really not fair. They don't say it's three-fourths of the way through. They really, uh, a lot of what I've heard, they don't have a set time in the tribulation, but they would say it is sometime after the revealing of Antichrist, sometime after he is, sometime after the midpoint, because it is, at the midpoint that he goes into the temple of God. He declares himself to be God. He demands worship. He demands the um, taking of the mark. And these would be things that a pre-wrath person would say that we have to face. Now, their main deal, and you can see it from the actual name of pre-wrath, they would say that, yes, Christians are spared from the wrath of God, but not from the wrath of the Antichrist or the wrath of Satan. And they would, generally, they would put, especially those first six seals, the seal judgments, they would put those as the wrath of man, the wrath of Satan. They would not see that as the wrath of God. So they would say that we as Christians will be here through that time period. Sometime after that, at an undetermined point of time, um, they would say that, we are raptured sometime after that. That would be the pre-wrath. We are raptured before the wrath of God. And we will get much more in depth. And if you believe that, you know, the um, pre-wrath, you may say, oh, you didn't really explain that real good. Don't worry. We're going to do an entire episode on it. We will get more in depth and more into the weeds on it. Um, Post-tribulationist. Post-tribulationist is another really easy one, um, I would say, to explain. Like the pre-trib, it, it defines itself. Post-tribulationists would believe that Christians are here through the entirety of the tribulation, that we face everything. They will point to scriptures such as in Matthew where it says that the immediately after the tribulation of those days um, that the Son of Man returns. They would point to different uh, scriptures like that, and we'll get into the scriptures of it uh, when we do the actual episode on the different belief or the different stance. But they would say basically, that Christians do not escape, you know, they would probably, that they would hold to the fact that Christians are 
protected by God from some of these judgments, but that we will face persecution. We will face testing. We will face trying. We will face the Antichrist. Millions will be of Christians will be martyred, but we will go through the entirety of the tribulation. After the tribulation, there will be but one uh, coming of Christ. There is not a distinct rapture coming where he does not touch his feet on the ground and then a second coming seven years later, which would be the pre-trib stance, um, which is separated by, as I said, it's coming seven years later after the rapture, in which he literally puts his feet on the ground. The post-trib would say there is only one. At the end of the tribulation, we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air at the trumpet, sound of the trumpet, at the cry, the shout of the archangel, the dead in Christ rise, all of res- you know, that resurrection happens right then. Uh, Christ comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon. We meet him in the air and then turn around and come right back with him at that instant in our glorified bodies to fight in the battle of Armageddon. Um, this would be the post-tribulation. We don't go to heaven for seven years. We're caught up, changed, and instantly come back down. Um the next view, as I said, I really am not, I'm not, in in studying and looking at the different views, I have done more studying on the pre-trib, post-trib, and pre-wrath. Um, and that's not because I'm saying, oh, I just hate the mid-trib view. I really haven't found a whole lot of solid teaching. I haven't, well, I, solid, I haven't found a whole lot of teaching on it. Um, so as I said, if, if whatever stance you hold, I would love to be, maybe you could shoot me some links to videos on YouTube. Maybe you could send me links to, uh, your, to maybe some teachers that you really like that teach your stance. I w- I'm, I'm open to looking at each one of them. And I want to because I want to get a good understanding of them, of each of you, so that I can present them honestly and fairly. Because uh, that's my goal to do that. Um the next view that you, as I said, the mid-trip view, from the best that I can understand it, from the small amount, and I do feel inadequate on presenting this one, uh, but I will study so I can give a good overview of it. Um, mid-trip view will be that the church goes through the tribulation to the midpoint, that at the middle of the tribulation, from the best that I can understand, what they would tie this to, and I may be way off on this. If I am, I apologize. As I said, I'm going to study this one more in depth so I get a better understanding of it. Uh, I know like with the pre-trib, they would point to Revelation 4 where John is told, come up hither and you're going to come up, you know, come up hither and you're going to see, you'll be shown things that are to come. They would look at that and I know I didn't give a great quote right there. Not my goal at this point. Uh, I'm making a point that, um, Preacher would point at that and say that's a picture of when the rapture is. It's before the tribulation, John is called up. He's caught up to heaven. Uh, mid-trib, if I'm not mistaken, they would point to the fact that the uh, killing of the two witnesses and their catching up to heaven, they're being caught up, I believe, from the little bit that I've heard. I've heard the other doctrine. Well, I've heard post-trib preached, and I've heard pre-trib preached. Um, and I've read multiple books on partial rapture, and I've listened to a lot of teaching on 
pre-wrap, so I feel a little more comfortable with those, but um, with explaining them. But, um, so with the mid-trib view, it would be that the church goes halfway through the tribulation to that midpoint, at which time there is a catching away, at which time the church is caught away and judgment is poured out. And as I said, I feel inadequate. And that's why I keep reading myself on this because I really feel inadequate on that view. I need to study more on that one, and I will before I get to the episode. So we will not be starting with the mid-tribute. That, that's not going to be the first episode because uh, I don't feel comfortable with it enough with that one yet to really deal with it. So I'll spend a little more time studying so that I can get a better grasp of that view. Um, lastly, you have the partial rapture view. This is one that's probably not known as well. It's not as popular as it has been. It's, it's you know, it's had its heydays. It's had times whenever it was very popular. And there are still a lot of people that believe it. Lots of people. I would be one of them. Um, I wasn't raised uh, partial rapture, but it is the way I. Uh, it is my stance. I'm just going to give a brief overview. The partial rapture view would be the view that says that. It, there is a pre-tribulational rapture. That before the seven-year time period, there is a rapture. There is a catching away of living saints. There's a resurrection of dead saints. Um, but there's that word, uh, saints, that is used um, most of the time. And I'm not going to say all because, again, I've not read every one. I've read some of the classic writers on it. I've uh, Men like Robert Govett, uh, if you want to know more about it and you'd like to study, because you say, I've never heard this before, some really good authors would be uh, Robert Govett, uh, G.H. Pember. Um, G, uh, G, I almost said G.H. G, uh, anyway, I'm looking at the books over here on my shelf. Uh, G.L. Lang and some different authors like that you would be able to find, but I don't want to get too deep into it because I'm not doing that on any of the views today. Basically, the partial rapture view would be the view that says that everyone who is ready, as it, the name states, it is a partial, it is not a rapture of the full entirety of the church. Only part of the church goes in the rapture. What determines that is not uh, if you're saved. I mean, obviously, you have to be saved to be part of the church. You'd have to be saved to go in the rapture, partial rapture. That said that terribly, but a partial rapture would say that. But they would say more than just being saved. It is, are you walking in obedience? It would make the it makes the rapture a reward for being ready, for watching, for living a life of obedience to Christ. Now, some will point at that and say that's work salvation. It's not correct. Work salvation would be a salvation would be a doctrine that says you are saved from your sin by works. That's not what partial rapture says. Partial rapture says you are saved by grace. You are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But after you are saved, you are to walk in an obedience. You're to live a life of obedience. And whether or not you do that. And, and that doesn't mean you can, and again, some people will point at this and say, well, you're saying you can live in sin and still be saved. No, it's not what we're saying. What the stance of the partial rapture is, are you walking in obedience to God? Not are you not sinning, but 
Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you working for the Lord? Are you faithfully carrying out his will? Are you living your life the way God called you to live? Are you fulfilling your calling? Are you becoming so enamored with the world that you're like the, the, the seed that was thrown among the thorns that it's choking your life out? Are you becoming so worldly-minded that you are not fulfilling what God has called you to do? You're not living the life of a Christian, not in not sinning, but in obedience to what God wants you. Are you witnessing? Are you, uh, are you doing your best to try and see souls saved? Are you working for the Lord? Are you a faithful servant? And that would be the criteria upon which a partial rapturist would say, you're going in the rapture or not. Are you the servant that is found watching and ready? Um, so those are going to be the, and I just had a, my mind went blank. Those are going to be the uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, post-trib, partial rapture, the five major views that we're going to dedicate a show on each of them so we can better understand them. Uh, so we can better see them. Now, as I said, I'm going to critique each one of these. Um, everyone, I mean, if you've listened to the program, then, and if you've listened to this one today, then you know I am a partial rapturist. More, uh, let me just throw a couple more things, because that's probably the least known of any of the views. Um, partial rapturist, you could also find things on it by looking at uh, select bride, uh, selective rapture, uh, bridehood saint rapture. Um, we're going to get into, on each one of these views, we'll look at the uh, critiques that people give, uh, maybe the things against each view, the things for each view. But hopefully, after we've gone through each one of these, we'll have a better understanding of maybe where each person stands. Um, and we can see how that really none of these different views should cause people to get so angry with their brother and sister in Christ that they can't even stand to be around them, that they can't worship in the same uh, room as them. They can't go to church with them. That's silly. We ought, to, we ought to be able to disagree, but we ought to be able to disagree in a positive manner, in a manner that we're not casting stones at each other. We're not calling each other names. We're not being rude to each other. That That's not Christ-like. We ought to be able to disagree and say, hey, you know what? I disagree with you on this. And we ought to be able to passionately defend what we believe. But when we're finished with the discussion, we ought to be able to shake hands, hug the other person's neck and say, hey, you know what? You're still my brother in Christ. You're still my sister in Christ. I love you as a fellow Christian. Um, that should be the way that we look at this. Um, anyway, I've gone almost too long. So uh, in conclusion, I would hope that as we've seen things in this episode, that we could go out as Christians and we can seek to save, to reach out, to see a lost world saved for our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening.